0: Hello, my name is Dan and welcome to the Secret Source of Innovation video chats. We are on this journey to discover the secret source to successful corporate innovation and startup creation. Together, we will tear into the real reasons why innovation is important, how to achieve best practice and how to nurture it. With these chats, we will reveal all of the ingredients that blend to make this source with the help of my guests. We are looking into topics such as innovation strategy, corporate innovation, startup and venture creation, and early stage startup investments. I hope you enjoy these chats and do get in touch to tell me how you found them. Thanks for joining me, Andy. It's uh, been a long time coming. I, we've had a chat before and had a little uh, introduction to each other, but I've read all of your books and everyone's um, excited to know who you are. Great. I'll just do a quick introduction um, from what you've sent me and then we can go into more elaborate discussion. Okay, Dan, thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> Great. So, um, yeah, Andy is a co-founder of Change Logic, um, a Boston-based strategic advisory firm. He works with CEOs, boards, and senior teams as they lead significant business change. His goal is to help organisations liberate their potential to excite the world with innovation. And, he, you know, Andy's had 25 years of, of consulting experience, both externally and internally as a consultant for McKinsey and the IBM corporation and now change logic. So um, I'm excited to talk to Andy around corporate exploration and, and other topics. And um, I think his experience at IBM leading the uh, leading and working in the Emerging Business Opportunities Programme will set up our discussion quite nicely. So Andy, have I done a, a good introduction there? Or do you want to? It's, add, add it's super. Yeah, no,
1: I, I think that, that's about it. I've been around a while. And and I think it is, you know, I, I feel privileged to have worked with some phenomenal organizations such as McKinsey and IBM. And one of the things about having been in IBM is I kind of have a a day-to-day sense of what it means to be in a real business. And not only at the corporate level, I did spend time in... Arm monk in New York and in Paris in what was then the European headquarters, but I also day to day was was uh, with sales teams in the u k and and elsewhere in Europe so I feel like i i 've seen the inside of corporations and and for us to talk about corporate innovation I, I feel that helps i mean maybe that 's my own experience you know reading in uh, and, and affirming my own competence on this, but I feel sometimes like we miss that that context uh, which is which is pretty different to being a startup or being a uh, in a, a lab or a technology uh, environment pure technology environment
0: absolutely um obviously the book is a is a big hit i i definitely went and got it and uh, we'll talk about that I'm, i am... you mean
1: the book corporate explorer how to how corporations beat startups at the innovation game absolutely. available from any good bookshop near you yeah because...
0: <laughs> little little plug there um <laughs> So corporates versus startups, and you say corporates beat yeah. startups at the innovation game. Where did that originate from? You're a McKinsey, IBM corporate guy. Um, how much startup experience comes into play there?
1: Yeah, so, well, you know, I've, I've been running Change Logic for 15 years. Sure. I founded my own firm uh, with, with two colleagues, Mike Tushman. From Harvard, Charles O'Reilly from Stanford. So, but but that's you know not entirely what you mean. Yeah, it's true. I've not done a tech startup or any of those kinds of things. I, what I've seen is a story of corporations actually doing innovation and and you know we can go in and talk about the difficulties of this and you know our, our, our subtitle is not corporates beat startups every time right uh, it's it but it, they do beat and i think it's very important for us to understand well why do they and and then for you know how do we replicate those results if that's if that's our responsibility or for a startup how do we uh, get in uh, ahead of them sure you know my 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 story on this topic really uh, started um, uh, at IBM um, when I was assigned to work with um, Carol Kovac, who was the general manager for IBM Life Sciences. This was the point in the early 2000s when the genome sort of where DNA had been decoded and genetic and proteomic research was like the, the thing. And uh, IBM had initially kind of missed the, the mark as it so often did. And it, and, it, and it missed the mark in a number of different areas. And the head of strategy at the time, uh, Bruce Harold, um, you know, got challenged. How are we going to go faster? And so he created a series of emerging business opportunities, um, what they call EBO units, separated from the core business with enough autonomy to go pursue these opportunities. And and the life sciences business um, uh, in three years got to over a billion of revenue, right? And yeah, that would be a pretty good. Clip rate for for any startup, right? And so there's something going on in that story that uh, has intrigued me and engaged me for, for years. And I'm fortunate that I've been able to participate in a number of others since. But Carol, her team, um, great team member Jamie Coffin, who I've worked with as a CEO in other firms afterwards, they they did something special. And they didn't do it by being, you know, corporate folks. They didn't do do it by drinking the Kool Aid and doing what everybody else did. They were they were Hitting the system, they were, you know, they were challenging the way things were done. You know, IBM, even in two thousand, was a pretty staid, button down literally uh, uh, company, right, with suits and ties and all the rest of it. Uh, And and this was uh, a world of dot com startups who were just just after the dot com bubble had had burst the first time, and they were in shorts and sandals, and they were biochemists and computational biologists and all this kind of stuff. And it was a different feel and look and activity. So you literally were in this IBM corporate office and you'd pass through a door and you'd walked into another world. Wow. So this, this, this is a, 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 a special kind of recipe for how do you keep in a large corporation? How do you create this kind of diversity of, of business and, and then pursue those opportunities uh, to build them at scale?
0: absolutely and this might seem like a, a loaded question you've already mentioned they were they were hitting it getting really into the depths of what they actually need to do for innovation i, I don't yeah mean like a loaded question but what are corporates not doing what could they be better at right where this this ideology of corporate exploration there are a number of factors which make it even better to do more move yeah I um, yeah. want to get your opinion on what can corporates do better
1: yeah, I think that there are really, you know, three things that, that I would, you know, so I spent yesterday speaking to um, uh, the president of a multi-billion dollar business unit in a large medical devices company. And, and, and you know, my message to him as he was wrestling with this question was, was really three. Message one is have a strategic ambition mm. that's equal to the scale of the opportunity or the threat that you face. So often they're too small. They're like, oh, it's really safe if we just try and get a little bit of revenue out of this idea. The trouble is that that doesn't matter. It doesn't add up to anything that's of consequence uh, to a scale business, So scale of ambition, and also one that's going to engage people emotionally. Mm. Second thing uh, is, is I think... um, you know really uh, important is is kind of wrestle with this question of 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 structure we we talk a lot about the ambidextrous organization remarkably it's become popular you know michael and charles my co-authors and and partners wrote the harvard business review article the ambidextrous organization 20 just 20 years ago i think 19 years ago 2003 right and and now um, we've got um, people, uh, there's somebody on a conference I'm speaking at tomorrow who's got ambidextrous organization uh, in his title. That's, that's fantastic um, that that's sort of matured as a notion. And all it means is that you've got units, like I described, who have autonomy, but also access to the assets of the core. Otherwise, they can't go faster than a startup, right, because they want to be able to leverage those assets in order to, to, to scale. So this sort of autonomy access question. And then the third thing is stop trying to be like a startup. Bingo. Stop. Stop trying to be like a startup. Okay. Corporations are not startups. You're not going to spend all your time in a place with beanbags, considering the future and having lots and lots of experiments, right? Because, oh, by the way, in the world of startups, the odds of becoming a unicorn are so small that is barely worth discussing. Right. So you, corporations don't have the the, the, the patience or the uh, the balance sheets to support that scale of, uh, of 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 failure. Right. And and we, we can talk about fail fast cultures and the rest of it, but that's not clear. Most corporate, most startups fail by an astonishing degree. So that's not what we're talking about. And the practices that happen in startups, we can learn from. There are definitely some useful pieces. And I'll tell you, I think, you know, Steve Blank's Blank's formulation of lean startup and customer discovery is like, you know, really phenomenal and totally changes um, the the way we think and talk about this. It's not that he invented those things, but he codified them in such a way that they become more useful and transferable. Hugely important. But, you know, corporations are different. And um, you've got to think about your different stakeholders and investors that you have, uh, the assets, as I said, that you can leverage, uh, and uh, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, there are so many firms who spend their time, you know, locked in this kind of endless cycle of coming up with great ideas that never get funded, or (laughs) not having the patience to learn and spending too much on them too soon. Right? So these kinds of uh, practices, I think, come from this mistaken view that a corporation needs to be like a startup. It's not.
0: I do have a. It, well, you mentioned an interesting point about Steve Blank. Uh, you know, I've read a lot of his work. He's done really well. And um in the blurb to your colleague's book, Charles O'Reilly's, Steve Blank does mention that corporates take the lean startup approach too literally. Yeah, yeah. and then kind of renegs on the on on that point to to rephrase it as they need to do it uh, in moderation, right? And kind of leads to the question which I have next is, do corporates need advisors and outside experts like yourself and others to come in and show them the ropes or should they just read books and do it themselves?
1: So so um, uh, I think that um, the, you know, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say um, uh, it's a yes and yeah i yeah. it's a yes and Um because I think I had some value, <laughs> and so I can't deny that I had some value my colleagues had some value cool. um but the the sorry no I said it was yes and not yes but the 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 and question is that when I look at corporate Explorer, my book um with Mike and charles um some of those cases I didn't touch there's no consulting firm behind them there's no lab accelerator lean startup um Corporate venture capital, venture studio, they don't happen, mm. right? What actually is the, the secret sauce here is a, an individual who is passionately committed to solving a problem in the world and has the, uh, the skills to lead change in a complex organization so that they can get it done. And we we talk a lot about, you know, you must have the CEO support and we can talk about CEO and senior teams for sure. Mm -hmm. But actually, most of these folks don't start as CEOs. They don't start on the leadership team. They don't even start reporting to the leadership team. they are a few levels down. And so they break all of the, the notions that we have about what it takes to build a new business in established organizations. These corporate explorers lead change as well as innovation, and they build support around them to get attention to the opportunity to build new businesses. And they're, they're, they're just great stories um, and, and they're very compelling individuals. And that's somewhat similar to an entrepreneur, right? Um, but um, they're, they're also a little different talk about how they're different. So I think, yes, I can add value. Yes, Mike and Charles teaching at Harvard and Stanford can add value. I'm sure you can add value in your work. And it still comes down to, have you got that leadership capability to actually make it happen?
0: There, you're you're definitely singing the, the same tune as me. I can Good. brag about some uh recent uh work that, that I've done where we've taken very frontline workers in a large corporation global and they were based in places like South Africa, Dubai, um, Ukraine even, right? And the sheer will and determination has got them through to the next stages of success to get that next um th- that next Kind of thumbs up to say Good. you're on the right path. Here's some more resources. Here's some more time because that's important to go to the next stage. And and these are going to be the next generation businesses for the company, Good. led and run by the frontline workers with the support around them to to, to build them up. But Good. that leads to a another question, which is around the the leadership um, the leadership point, which we all see that leadership is. leadership is important for these initiatives to get off the ground for for corporate exploration to be given its safety net to for, for people to actually explore with the the air support to um to to really help them to to succeed but a lot of those strategies and implementations usually miss out the important part which is middle management and line managers who unknowingly become blockers themselves not giving their teams enough opportunity to explore um and not giving them the time to come off of what they're doing business as usual and actually explore new business opportunities so i wanted to get your take on kind of middle management blockers and where you see
1: yeah you yeah I think, is, this, I think this is this i think this is um this important pro- issue this is the issue of you know how do you how do you manage the uh the, the social context right we we think about organizations as hierarchies mm. right with a ceo at the top a senior team and everybody reporting to them as an organization chart and you know that is one of the places where i feel benefited to having worked in corporations it isn't the real world yes they they are i used to work um with um this fantastic ceo ben Viveyan, uh, who was the ceo of bt and uh, and ben um, used to say that the biggest mistake he could make is believing what was written on his business card, that he was really the chief executive, right? Actually, he didn't execute very much. There's other people who did the work. He would make decisions and he would provide context, um, but but he wasn't going to put his hands in and do things uh, uh, individually. And so you're right, there's there's a, there's, some, there's a lot more people who actually do things, right? And it's a, a social network um, that, that gets things done. And so uh, if you're a corporate explorer and you're faced with, you've got permission to move, you've got some funding uh, to get started, um, then you've got to think about very seriously, who are your allies? Who in the corporation Can you um, bring over to work with you in some way or who has assets that you can borrow, um, be it technical assets, be it access to a customer, somebody in marketing, whatever, somebody who's going to act as an ally for you. But then also people are going to be advocates, because one of the things that a corporate explorer faces um, a lot is is a reputational challenge. Right. Um, uh, You know, explorers are never popular until they succeed you know you 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 look at you know great arctic explorers you know shackleton or you think about um you know the the round the world yachts um uh yacht woman uh, tracy edwards right when she in 1980 whatever it was three sailed a yacht around the world in this Whitbread round the world yacht race and she was absolutely panned by all of the press and everything for leading an all-women crew and she's the only person who'd done the race before and then that occasion as a cook Right And, in the first leg, she came second right and and the point was that she was crazy until she succeeded, and so are most of these corporate explorers and If you have one little variation you miss a milestone or maybe it turns out that there's a roadblock to getting some regulatory approval that you didn't anticipate or whatever it might be, that has a a louder sound. When you're the the uh, the outsider, the unknown, the uncertain venture, than if you're a part of the core business where everybody understands what's going on, and so that sort of I'm an outsider in the system is 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 a big deal, and you've got to manage your reputation. To do that, you need allies, people, uh, sorry, advocates, people who know the, your story, and you're kind of updating, and so that they can when. You know, I sit down with, uh, with with Dan and tell him what's happened. Uh, and Dan says, well, I know that venture is, is just going nowhere because. You say, actually, let me tell you the whole story, right? Sure. And so the, the sort of the, the war on face-to-face, one-on-one communication is, is something. But they also need people who are kind of ambassadors, right. right? You need to recruit people to go after those blockers. Don't just isolate yourself from them because they'll get you in the end, right? Um, they'll get you in the end because... Um, the, they're, they're, you know, the, the the core business leader who opposes, uh, for often rational reasons, opposes the the the, the explore investments. You know, doesn't understand the case, maybe doesn't agree with it, and and they're going to find a way to um, to put themselves in the way if they really choose to. So you've got to figure out how to get behind enemy lines and have somebody speaking on your behalf. And kind of trying to persuade them, help them see the opportunity that might exist. Don't just hope it get you get away with it, run under the radar, and maybe you'll survive, which a lot, particularly in technical companies, is a lot of what happens. You've got to make sure that you've really engaged this sort of social network. And, and, and there's something interesting about this, Dan, which is, again, slightly counterintuitive, hmm. which is right now it's really unpopular to bring in entrepreneurs to corporations right let's go find an entrepreneur in residence to bring him in uh, her in and teach us how to do this or let's go hire somebody who's worked in this field we're moving into healthcare for the first time let's go find someone who's worked in healthcare have them lead it doesn't work it doesn't work because they haven't got a social network you know so one of the corporate explorers who failed that we quote in in our book um uh, she says that um after a year of trying she found it was like trying to paddle up the Amazon with a butter knife. Nobody wanted to help her. There was nobody who was gonna support her because she was the outsider. She was doing something that was different and she was an outsider, no social network, no social capital. Or we worked last two years ago with a a, a digital native company, actually a a sort of unicorn went public and was looking at, well, how do we recreate our core? And uh, and it had uh, done the same. It had hired somebody from the outside And the CEO said, you know, our problem, we can't tell whether it's the business that's failing or her. Mm. And if this was an insider, the most trusted, the most experienced leader in the business, they would know, right? Um, And they'll be able to say, okay, well, let's learn about the idea more. Let's pivot in our experiment. But but the the outsider is easier to isolate and reject, right? Mm. So, So the middle management question is all about, Having a, a net, uh, an insider with strong social capital builds a network around it. And think of it as building a movement. You want to get people to believe in what you're doing. And that's what the successful players like Christian Curtis, Unica, Balaji Bondili Deloitte Consulting is a great example of how he really deliberately goes after doing some of this. and And that can break down some of this. These antibodies that exist within the uh, middle management of of organisations, and I should say, most of these corporate explorers are middle managers themselves. Right. So that's how they start. Right. Jim Pack at LexisNexis builds a multi-billion-dollar risk analytics business inside an existing corporation, a British-owned corporation, right, right. And and but but he starts this as, as several tiers down from the CEO, like I think four tiers down at middle right and yet here it is now lexus nexus risk analytics larger than the original business so you know that that's by all means see middle management as a a challenge something to manage but also know that those are the people who often turn out to be the corporate explorers
0: yeah this is you're you're, you're speaking the exact same tune it's more like how do we bring on the middle management to be supporters right that's exactly what you're saying um, plus yeah, and um i i had a I had a question around when i've read your your reading uh, your books um around the whole point of playing to your strengths right and the fact that a lot of the innovation which is being talked about in your books and your your experiences isn't actually massively away from what the corporate's strategy is i mean what we see today with this whole uh, innovation theater is that corporates are trying to just change drastically from what they currently do to try and be new and innovative and really overcomplicate it, right? And just by looking closer to home, and this is really what I think the book is pointing at, is looking closer to home is where the opportunities are going to be, right? So where are corporates focusing? And they shouldn't be. You know, they might say, hey, we we need an innovation lab. We need to you know, invest all of this money into building a fancy space, right? And all they need to do is look close to home. Is there any insights into that?
1: Yeah, so so I think um, it's a a few different levels there. Firstly, um, you know, there's a tremendous value to uh, exploring into new areas, right? So one of the companies we've worked with uh, over many years is analog devices, like a um, $80 billion market cap tech firm based here in boston and one of the things we worked with them on uh, is creating what they call the analog garage and the analog garage is this separate space that engages with startups and with you know, research scientists and customers and builds and brings you know projects from their engineering teams into the lab to do new different special things and so in particular they've you know mm-hmm. really developed the Probably the world's most advanced sort of understanding of of the use of uh, algorithms for uh, signal chain um, um, uh, signal chain processing, really tremendous. And so it taught the company something, but that's different from a corporate explorer. Mm-hmm. And 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 so it's just an understanding that this is valuable. But then you've got to take the insights, and actually they did use part of what came into the garage in one of the businesses they built for condition-based monitoring of machines, right? Um, uh, uh, in order to, to do this, but business building as a corporate, as a corporate explorer is a little bit different and requires more commercial skills. And I think one of the traps that corporations can get into is being too technology led, right? Sure. Being too led by the idea. Now, um, the history of innovation is one where more often than not that, um, you know, uh, inside out, technology-led, uh, solution-led um, innovation kind of worked, but the world has changed, and um, and I don't think you can really you know, survive in that way anymore. You need to be much more outside in, much more driven by what's the customer problems you're solving, and if that's the case, then the sort the, of the skills of the corporate explorer it's no longer enough to be uh, attuned to, to to technology alone. And you say in
0: your your book and and research that. Ideas are easy to get right from a from a corporate. You can go in and find lots of ideas. The problem is scaling. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that because scaling is scaling a, a business as usual project seems to be you know that's that's easy done in a, in a corporate. But scaling an idea
1: which it has uncertainty and risk surrounding it needs a yeah. particular skill set. It's, like, it's like one of my trilogy of heresies. Right. Yeah. Firstly, stop trying to be like a startup. Secondly, stop thinking bringing entrepreneurs into the company will work. and mm-hmm. third, stop thinking innovation is about ideas it's not about ideas it's yeah. about ideas applied right? uh, and when you apply ideas, they either generate revenue, they generate impact. Something happens, and uh, you know too many firms get trapped in this um high activity high participation um uh uh, uh, uh innovation uh, zoo really is what it becomes right with lots of little projects going on lots of people involved but no real sense as to how it contributes to uh, a strategy and therefore if it doesn't contribute to a strategy it's unlikely to get invested in and that's part of why we have this riff about corporates not funding innovation right actually not always, but some of what we're talking about there is projects that are promising on their own getting cancelled, but they're not on their own. <laughs> they they need to be a part of a corporate strategy, and and that is something that you know corporations' leadership strategy teams should take seriously, and and they should have an ambition. They should have a really clear sense. You know, think about Ajay Banga at Mastercard. You know, he sets this ambition uh, to wage a war on cash, and to convert a high proportion of the manual transactions in the world at this point, like 2010, 2011, um, 85% of them are manual cash transactions. It was to convert them to digital, right? And to move the company from credit card processing into digital payment solutions. And he does create uh, a lab. He does use high participation technology, uh, uh, high participation innovation techniques, but he does it in service of a really clear strategy so it's understandable as to why they're doing it and what it is they're trying to create. So, um, and we talk about that as having ambition and hunting zones, really sort of putting boundaries around your innovation, right? Um, many of us, you know, listen to my fine compatriot um, Dave Snowden, right? The, 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 the marvelous Welsh complexity theorist, I don't know if you know Dave, but Dave talks about bounded diversity. Right? so you want to put boundaries around it but then you want lots of ideas around that and the boundaries are what sorts of problems are we going to solve mm-hmm. yeah and if you if you're clearer about that you're more likely to hit a target that is valuable and you're more likely to get it funded because it aligns with uh understood priorities of the organization
0: so it's uh it's amazing listening to you Andy there's so much wisdom that, that even I can take on board even having worked in this space for a good few years now um we've spoken a lot about western companies and i'm yeah. curious the cross-border differences between western companies and, and that's called asian companies yeah um in this whole corporate exploration and have you seen any differences or any similarities um but i mainly want to focus on the differences because that's yeah
1: yeah that's a- i mean I, I don't know that I see much differences. I mean we're working right now with uh two Japanese with two Japanese clients and a Chinese client. Um and you know uh I think that um they can be um more likely to be um in a very sort of hierarchical type model. Uh, however, um what I think um I, I observe in the at least in the Japanese clients is a real propensity for learning yeah. and, uh, and that uh, and that when they get a new sort of notion of how to do things, they move on it. Right? Yeah. Um, so yeah. there, there, there's it's just a different way of formulating. American companies, yes, are more flexible perhaps and faster to act, but sometimes they are also very quick to decide that they understand something when they may not. And so this leads to this problem of investing ahead of learning. Right, where you overcommit resources far too quickly, Uh, and um, and I think it's possible the Japanese, you know, a a little bit less likely to do that uh, in some ways.
0: The the attention to detail in a Japanese corporate is, I mean, I've been working with a Japanese corporate for some time, and. I, I I got a, a learning curve of my own, just learning about the amount of detail orientated uh, nature of the business. And yeah, they can be quite harsh on innovation um, and, and new innovations, things that they don't understand. They might right. push it aside. Uh, but yeah, if they if there's something that they want to go after, there's a everyone bands together, right? There's they use their assets, they use their capabilities
1: for. Yeah. for the, uh, you you wanted and, to, yeah, but look at some of the most innovative firms. You know, look at Rakton, right? Rakton is. Is like the Japanese eBay um, or yep. Amazon eBay. It's a big, much um, you know, retailing platform, basically. Uh, been around you know, twenty or thirty years, tremendously successful. Um, you know, global operates you know other places as well. Uh, and and then in two thousand and I don't know thirteen, fourteen, I think it was. It gets a um, a, a mobile phone license while well, it gets an MBO, you know, a, a virtual, and then it sets up its own five yeah. G um phone service right it doesn't just set up a 5g phone service it actually transforms the entire telecommunications infrastructure business with an open standard for radio architecture the net, radio net network architecture right and this thing called oran which is you know really struggling um, having a huge impact on huawei nokia ericsson and the others right and so <laughs> this is an established firm right moves in a completely new area and totally disrupts it in a deep in a deep way not a superficial way And that's a japanese film so as so i i think that that there are there's plenty of capability to do exactly these things uh, all the way around the world and yeah there are cultural differences and um ways of decision making are different and so on but i i don't think the cultural differences are that big myself
0: okay yeah fair enough uh two questions because we are coming up to time but two questions one's uh challenging one's fun uh, challenging one first where do you think this where do you think this whole innovation strategy and culture change around innovation is going because we've got corporate exploration we've got ambidextrous organization yeah. coming up 20 years yeah. later as we yeah. see
1: where's it going yeah. so so here's my hope is that we see like ceos senior teams are are seeing a corporate explorer as just a normal thing to have that they've got corporate explorers and they're you know, a new CEO comes in, I was talking to a friend of mine who became a CEO of a British company, Dan Humbley, he was talking to Dan Ollie the the other day, and Dan comes into being CEO and he says, where are my corporate explorers? That should be the first question, or one of the first questions, as much as where's my CFO, where's my HR team, where's my corporate explorers, that it's normalized, if you will, that we expect that uh, and and we see it as a role.
0: Absolutely, and then for the fun one, so where where are you where are you going to be in part of this what's the vision for, for Andy uh, I,
1: I want to I want to enable that kind of movement network you know uh, I'm not in this for um, for uh, for academic or business glory uh, I just enjoy working with some of these people enormously uh, and so if 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 in um, a period of years you know we we actually have that sense of there being a movement of corporate explorers um, then then I'll be thrilled you want to be waving the banner
0: Leading the pack. Exactly. <laughs> I should get a flag. Yeah, that's right. Amazing. So where where can people find more about you, Andy? Um, where, where are the where are the best places?
1: Uh thecorporate Um uh you can find me on LinkedIn. Please link in with me on uh, Andrew Jm Bins um or at AJM Bins on Twitter um and changelogic.com as you can see on my oh, it's right side, of other side side. Yeah, other side. Um changelogic.com. <laughs> and of course you can you can buy um, um, got, you can buy Corporate Explorer. Uh, hey, there it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, it's it's been a pleasure to speak to you. I'm, I'm glad that we got to to chat, and um, you know, we I, I feel like we could just sit in a in a bar and talk about this sort of thing all day. Which you're I mean, on. Never say never, but um, let's uh, park it for now. And um, hopefully, this is very um, valuable for the audience. So, thank you for for joining, Andy.
1: I appreciated the opportunity. Thank you, Dan.
0: Amazing.